Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course you are that's why you're a story jumper clever cub is a curious little bear who loves to cuddle up with the bible and learn about god follow along as clever cub explores god's creation of the world Enjoy this reading of Clever Cub by Bob Hartman. Clever Cub Explores God's Creation Dark. It was dark outside in the stormy night, and dark inside the warm cave. Clever Cub was a little scared and couldn't sleep. Mama, would you tell me a story? he asked. Mama knew her cub was worried. Long ago, before God made the world, everything was dark, Mama said. Darker even than this night. Clever Cub snuggled a little closer to Mama Bear. God didn't want us to be in the dark. So he said, light. And there was light. He called the light day and the dark he called night. Then God thought we might like to swim in the sea and splash in the waves. Maybe he thought we'd like to look up at the sky and stare way out into space. So he said, sea and sky and space, and each of them came to be. God wanted us to have places to walk and to climb, and to run, and jump, and play. So he said earth, and mountains, and beaches, and fields appeared. Maybe God thought we'd get tired of plain old dirt. So he said grass, and trees, and flowers, and fruit. And all the plants began to grow, and climb, and multiply. God gave us good things to eat and smell and soft places to land on when we fall. Then God made the sun to keep us warm and the moon to light our night. He made the stars to give us something to count and make shapes with and sing songs about. God thought we might like to look into the water and see something swimming. So he said fish. And fish came, splashing and jumping and wriggling. He thought we might like to look up at the sky and see something living there, too. So he said birds, and they flapped and fluttered and flew. The skies and the seas were full, but God probably figured we would like something moving on the land, too. So he said animals, and there they were, cuddly bunnies and puppies and kitties. Aw, 
said Clever Cub. And not so cuddly things, too. Porcupines and rhinoceroses and slugs. Ugh, said Clever Cub. And then Mama Bear told Clever Cub what God made last of all. Can you guess what it was? God made you. Well, people just like you. The first man and the first woman. And God made people to be a bit like him, too. Mama Bear said, God made people who could love others and make things and talk with him. And God told the people, I want you to take care of the world for me. Clever Cub yawned and smiled. Mama smiled and finished her story. Then God looked at everything he had made. And you know what he said about it? Clever Cub shook his head sleepily. God said that it was good. And it is. Then God rested. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little sleepy too. Clever Cub didn't answer. He was already sound asleep. Nighty-night. What a wonderful way to get to explore God's creation with our new friend, Clever Cub. And now we get to meet another new friend, Clever Cub's creator, Bob Hartman. Hey, Bob, how are you? Um, great, Andrew. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for joining us. I know that all the story jumpers are excited to hear more about Clever Cub's entire world and meet the person who came up with the idea for Clever Cub. How did you come up with Clever Club in the first place? Well, I'll be entirely honest with you. I was going to do a series of books about Sleepy Bear, all right? <laughs> he was kind of in my head. And I got talking with my editor, and my editor said, you know what, if we have a Sleepy Bear, then we can really only do stories that have to do with like bedtime, like quiet sorts of stories. And she thought it would be more fun to have a bear who could do all sorts of things at all sorts of times. So at the end of the day, Sleepy Bear turned into Clever Cub, and now we can go anywhere and do anything. So yeah, it was kind of a joint decision on our part. Yeah, that sounds like a wise decision. I mean, you could you could either like go, you know, do you think Clever Cub leans more towards the Yogi Bear and Boo Boo Bear side or more towards the... Uh, uh, Pooh Bear side. Which which one is he more like, or does he just stand out of the crowd on his own? See, he started out more Pooh Bear, kind of kind of innocent and everything. And then, as I've been writing the stories, he's moving more in a Yogi Boo Boo kind of direction. As a matter of fact, <laughs> when I do the voices uh, uh, for the stories uh, in the new stories that I've done, uh, his father even sounds like Yogi Bear. So there you go. Very good. Nice. <laughs> well, those were some of my favorite favorite bears growing up, for sure. Um, so you mentioned that Clever Cub's father is in there as well. That's two big characters. Who are the main characters in the Clever Cub series? And what roles do they play? Well, Clever Cub obviously is a main character. Then his mom and his dad um, usually kind of tell the Bible stories to him. So they're the ones that kind of lead him along and help him to uh, deal with his problems and issues by introducing him to the Bible stories. But then he does have some friends. Um, he's got Fred the Bunny. Uh, he's got Skippy the Squirrel, and uh, they kind of sort of bounce off of Clever Cub. So sometimes he's having problems with one, or sometimes he wants to get closer to the other one. And so uh, the stories help him to do that as well. Very cool. Very cool. I love, you know, you, you think about all the different ways that animals can play roles in stories and exhibit 
like characteristics that we have, our emotions or our personalities. And, and it comes across in those different animals. So what would you say Clever Cub's biggest personality trait is? I think it's his curiosity. I think that uh, that's where the cleverness comes from, his willingness to keep asking questions and trying to figure out how these Bible stories relate to his life and, um, you know, what he can do to do things better. So I think curiosity is at the heart of it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you mentioned that his parents introduce Clever Cub to stories in the Bible, which help him to learn lessons. What lessons will story jumpers find in each of these books? And, and what do they teach? There's all different kinds of things. Um, so some of the stories talk about honesty. Some of them talk about forgiveness. Some of them talk about accepting other people for who they are. Um, there's the whole gamut. One of them talks about worry. Uh, it's based on the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus, you know, telling people about how not to worry about things. Um, so it's all the different kinds of things that I think any child might kind of run into. And Clever Cub, it's kind of like his eyes that they see both the situations um, and the solutions to the situations through. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if he's wrestling with his emotions around accepting a friend for who they are, then I'll bet there's other story jumpers out there who have people in their classroom or in their community that they're not quite sure. Like, how do I approach that person? Is it all right that they're different than me? And can we build a friendship around that? So, yeah, that's that's a pretty cool way to to introduce those thoughts and and wrestle with those emotions and those those problems that kids face. So why would you say these lessons are important for story jumpers to learn? Well, because they're lessons that um, help us to relate to one another, you know, in positive ways. Um, We all fall out with people, don't we? You know, we have arguments and and fights with people. And, you know, that's something that every child faces from time to time. So the question is, how do you deal with that? Um, Mm. We all wonder, you know, where our place is in the world. What's it all about? You know, those are questions that we ask. Um, we wonder uh, about, you know, oh, you know, sometimes we struggle with, do I tell the truth or do I not tell the truth? You know, is it going to be more convenient yeah. for me to tell a little lie here? That kind of a thing. So I think it's just it's just a way of helping kids to uh, uh, to deal with those kinds of questions that they ask and, and, you know, hopefully provide some answers. Yeah, well, story jumpers aren't alone in that. That's for sure. I know that you and I still wrestle with those questions, don't we? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yep. It's not just kids. It's everybody. Yes, it is. So what Bible verses stand out or which Bible stories are used to relate that overall message of the Clever Cub series? We've got a whole bunch of Bible stories. I've written, um, goodness, I think there's 12 altogether. There's 12 stories altogether. There's only six available now, but there will be 12. And um, so we've got the story of Esther. Uh, which is all about bravery, you know, this girl who stands up for uh, for her people and what she believes in when they're in trouble. Um, we've got the creation story, which talks about, you know, how God made us and how special and precious we are. Uh, we've got the story about the spies who go into Canaan and how, like, a bunch of the spies are scared, but two of them aren't, and how they encourage everybody else. We've got that story about worry. Uh, we've got the Christmas story. We've got the Easter story. So lots of different Bible stories to choose from. That's excellent. And we get to see it through Clever Cub's eyes, like you said. So that's yeah. that's perfect. Now, Bob, I happen to know some things about you that the story jumpers don't. Okay. Like, you are a performance storyteller. Yes. What is that? Can you tell us more? 
it's just a just a fancy way of saying somebody who stands up in front of people and tells stories. Uh, really, uh, that's it. And the thing that I do that maybe not every storyteller does is I weave things into the story so that the actual um, the crowd can actually help to tell the story with me. So ah, there's words, cool. there's actions, there's things for the crowd to do so that I'm not telling the story by myself. So in a sense, we're kind of putting the story together, you know, as a team. And as a matter of fact, sometimes if I'm in a school, uh, I'll even get the kids to help to create the characters and the settings and the conflict with me. And then we put the whole thing together. Um, just, just out of the blue, just like from nothing. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. That it's, sounds it's really fun because you got a story at the end of it. After 15 minutes, you got a story that never existed before, and we've actually made it together. It's really exciting. Yeah, I love sitting around and talking about story ideas with my kids. We just love coming up with wild scenarios and then figuring out, you know, well, we put this character into a tight spot. How are we going to get him out of it? So that's right. a lot of fun. That's my favorite bit when. You- because they say to them, look, you don't <laughs> want to solve the problem too soon, okay? So, you know, no. No quick <laughs> but, you know, that's what we're working for. Does anybody have any idea how we can get them out of this, you know? And, oh, boy, fantastic. So, Bob, how did you become a children's author? Well, it was kind of a long route. I'd never really planned to be a children's author. I started off as a pastor of a church, and um, I was telling, preaching sermons and stuff. And what I found out was that uh, people in the church, kids and adults, uh, listened a lot more carefully when I was telling stories than when I was doing anything else. Um, so I started to retell Bible stories uh, just as a way to kind of lure them in, maybe start the story from a different point, from a different character's point of view, lured them in, and then kind of they were there, they were with me. And somebody said to me, well, why don't you, um, why don't you try and publish some of those? This was 30-some years ago. So uh, I had used some books by a company in England which is where I lived, uh, called, uh, called Lion Hudson. And uh, I started uh, retelling Bible stories and sending them off to them. And uh, they eventually accepted some of them. So, you know, I just kept doing it. Uh, and the stories I wrote awesome. were for kids, largely because my kids were at an age right then where they really enjoyed stories. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm working with them. Uh, it's, it's a good way to get started. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like it was all in God's plan and in his timing, too. That's really oh. neat. I, I think it was very much so. Uh, it, it has kind of become my ministry, really, at the end of the day. That's I cool. mean, I'm still active in my local church, but uh, in terms of what I do full time, it's the writing and the storytelling. Very fun. Now, you just alluded to something there. I heard you say that you live in England. I do live in England. Yes. Uh, That's amazing. Tell us, tell us about England. Do you get to hang out with the Queen? No, sadly, no. No, no, never. Ah. Nah, it's a real shame. Uh, but well, I, well, what I, what is England like for a storyteller? Well, the nice thing about being a storyteller in England is that there's a huge tradition of story here. You know, I mean, in terms of the different kinds of uh, backgrounds people have, you know, you sort of uh, Celtic storytellers and all of that. You know, we've got strong strong tradition of that uh, here. But in addition, the country's quite small. So you can actually travel around the whole, the whole country very easily uh, and tell stories from one end of the country to the other. And once people at one end start to get to know that you're a good storyteller and they like your stories, then you're getting invitations from people kind of at the other end. And it gives you a chance 
to go to those places and see what is a truly beautiful country. I, I, I love living here. Mm. Um, we live about yeah. 10 miles from a city called Bath, which is in the west of England. And it's a very old city. And so uh, it's just, oh, it's just the best. Oh, that's so neat. That's so neat. I bet there are story jumpers right now who know all about England and would love to ask you a thousand questions. And I bet there are others who've never researched it, but once they learn about it, would love to travel there. My grandchildren absolutely uh, love living here as well. Uh, they're uh, they're 10 and 12 and 15. And uh, the 12-year-old, my granddaughter, is hugely into, uh, into geography. So uh, she knows where everything is and what's going on. And she's usually into <laughs> history. And she's just eating all that up. And I'm sure there are story jumpers who feel exactly the same with her. They just love the history and they love, you know, finding out about different places. And this is a great place. Uh, but castles everywhere. And oh, yes. All kinds of stuff, right? As a matter of fact, just <laughs> just this afternoon, Malachi, the oldest, and I, uh, the other two were off with some friends. So we went out in the car. Uh, I've got this little convertible. We went out in the car and we went to something called Sham Castle, which is hmm. overlooking Bath. And it was built by a very rich man who wanted to invite his guests and point to the hill and say, look, there's a castle up there. But it's only one wall. That's all it is. It's just oh, no. of a castle. <laughs> and behind it is a golf course. So, so oh, there's no. this wall of a castle and then a bunch of guys, you know, teeing off behind it. It's the weirdest thing. That's so, hilarious. Wow. So, so we went up there. <laughs> And then we went to another part because I, I wanted to show them, oh, this bike trail that I found. And as we were walking along there, we looked up at the top of the hill and Malachi said, what's that? And here it was another castle. It's called Midford Castle. Um, and it was actually owned for a while by the actor Nicolas Cage. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we saw two castles in one day. Not too well. One real castle and one fake castle, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. I'd never heard of Sham Castle before. <laughs> I hadn't until like a month or two ago, and I thought, oh, I must go see that. Yeah. yeah. Now, you mentioned traveling throughout the country of England and going from one end to the other telling stories. Um, what happens at those storytelling events? Are they are they at schools? Are they at libraries? Do you, do you set those gatherings up and invite people to attend? What What are those like? Yeah, people actually hire me to go and, and go to these places. So they do all the setting up. So some of it's in schools, some of it's in churches, some of it's in libraries, some of it's like community events, like festivals and things. So they'll invite me along and give me, well, it depends. I mean, sometimes it'll be maybe just, you know, half an hour uh, in a school. They have school assemblies here every day. Uh, and so sometimes you'll do a story then. Sometimes it'll be staying at a school for the whole day. And just moving from class to class and telling the kids stories, maybe, you know, 45 minutes at a time. And the community festivals, I mean, they can go anywhere from half an hour to probably an hour. So it's all different kinds of places. Yeah. Very neat. Do you think that Clever Cub will be involved in any of your storytelling events? Oh, definitely. Like Clever Cub is coming along. Yeah, I'm going to something in, <laughs> in 10 days time called Spring Harvest, which is a big uh, Christian event that takes place near the seaside every year. And uh, Clever Cub cool. is definitely, he's already in a suitcase. So he's coming with me. And nice. uh, <laughs> the kids there, I'm going to do a series of bedtime stories for those guys. So uh, he's going he's gonna to feature in every one of those. Hey, you know, Bob, that just brought up another question to my mind. Recently, over the last couple of years anyway, the world has seen a lot of just crazy world events. Things that have just changed the way we do things with each other. 
Have any of those recent world events changed how you reach story jumpers in England? How you, you know, how you go to these events and share your stories? And if so, how did you overcome those challenges? Well, during the course of COVID, I mean, that was obviously the big change. Um, we couldn't, I couldn't go to any place and, and tell stories to kids personally. Um, so what happened was the places that I would tend to go to either had me record something online um, and then sort of send it off to them so that the kids could see me tell the stories. Or uh, we would often have like Zoom conversations, you know, streaming conversations with the children in the schools. And actually, I, I'll be honest with you, it, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go at first, but it worked really, really well. It did. Uh, the kids were lovely. Uh, obviously, there's always that like delay and lag, etc. in terms of, you know, I say we'll do this and then they do it. And, you know, there's a delay of a couple of seconds. But actually, we had a really good time. Um, I even did one. I've got some friends who work at a school in Africa and uh, they contacted me and I've been there. I've, I've visited there, you know, in person. Uh, but they said, look, we'd really, we really wanted to have you come this year, but we couldn't. Could we do a streaming storytelling session with the children at our school? So, you know, there I was talking to a bunch of kids in Kenya and it was just fabulous. Just fabulous. That is cool. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, Bob, I, I have enjoyed reading uh, Clever Cub and thank you for sharing with all of us, you know, the stories in his life that help us to deal with things in our own life. You know, the illustrations are a lot of fun. They're all colorful. And, you know, there's something to see on every page. You know, every time I go through it, Another thing pops out from the illustrations, which is cool. And there are many books in the series. So I, I hope that you do a lot more. And I really want to invite you to come back and share another one of the books with us. Will you do that? I'd love to do that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Well, Bob, thank you so much. And hey, tell Clever Cub hi for all of us, okay? <laughs> I will too. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thanks, Bob. Bye-bye. Parents. You'll love reading Clever Cub books to your kids at night before bed, on car trips, and relaxing on the couch as they ask questions about the world and discover God's purpose for their life. The new Clever Cub Bible Story series, available from David C. Cook, is geared to children ages 3 to 6. The delightful and affordable 16-book series of Bible Story picture books makes reading time a faith-building adventure as Clever Cub reminds kids of their part in God's story. Bob Hartman is a performance storyteller and the author of the YouVersion Bible app for kids Bible stories that have been downloaded 75 million times. His long list of children's titles have sold over a million copies. As an ordained minister, his passion is to help people of every age find their way into the Bible, engage with it, and discover the God who inspired it. Learn more about Clever Cub books when you visit Bob Hartman's website at davidccook.org slash clever-cub-books.